Welcome to the Wander Learn Podcast. I'm your host, Fritz Tapon. This is the final episode I have with Gary Art in 2021. We talk about this tendency that we have to view presidential elections as the most important ever. We talk about U.S. presidential assassinations. Talk about some of his lessons that he's learned as a podcaster over the last year and a half. Micropayments in Bitcoin. He turned out to be a very big skeptic and now all of a sudden he's taking micropayments in Bitcoin. We'll talk a little bit about that. And finally, we end the podcast talking about larks versus owls. Gary is always a fun guy to talk to. He is a polymath who loves to talk about everything, everywhere, daily. Well, that happens to be the name of his daily podcast. This podcast was sponsored by my patrons at patreon.com slash ftapon. If you want to leave a comment, leave it on speakpipe.com slash ftapon. And I also stay away from um, controversial issues. So I don't talk about politics. I don't talk about current events. Sure. So before the 2020 election, I did a series on different presidential elections throughout history. And I did one explaining the Electoral Congress, which kind of addressed it, but I did it in a very sort of roundabout way. I think the Electoral College you meant, not Congress. Yeah, Electoral College. So here's here's how it works, just so you know. Uh, here are some other controversial elections in American history. Because I think a lot of people think that what's ever happening now is the biggest thing that ever right. happened in history. <laughs> it's like, oh, this is the... Well, the special is, oh, this, this election is the most important right. election in history. It's like, no, we had a thing called the Civil War. Right. It's going to be really hard to top that. Right. The election of... And I haven't done one in the election of 1860. And... That was probably the most important one ever. And a lot of people don't realize the person who received the smallest percentage of the popular vote to ever become president, Abraham Lincoln. Because it was such a contentious uh, you know, race uh, and there were so many different parties, uh, people running. I don't think a lot of people realize that. I think people that we have this smoothed out version of history where all the rough spots are gone. And especially American history, like most Americans, like, well, we had a revolution and then nothing happened. And then the Civil War happened and then some stuff out West and then World War. You know, we know the wars and maybe the Great Depression and these major things and the rest of it gets forgotten. Mm -hmm. True. If you ask most Americans, uh, name the four presidents who've been assassinated. Right. They could name two. They probably can't name all four. Yeah. Uh, McKinley, Lincoln. God. Who else? <laughs> Those are my two. <laughs> well, Kennedy. I mean, you yeah, know of that. course, JFK. Yeah, and then uh, the fourth one, they assassinated. Huh? I don't remember. Garfield. Oh yeah, Garfield. Okay, fine. He was president for so short. All right, he was that like a he month. Never <laughs> did it. It was more than a month, but it, he didn't do much, so mm. he's not really remembered. Right. There's nothing. The only thing he did that was memorable was getting killed. Right. <laughs> The other thing that's memorable about those early deaths like McKinley is just how little security the presidents had. I think they just like walk up into a bar and shoot the president. <laughs> I actually want to do a, uh, an episode on Robert Todd Lincoln, who was the son of Abraham Lincoln, who was assassinated. Mm-hmm. He was right next to Garfield when he got assassinated, and he was in the same building as McKinley when he got assassinated. Wow. It's like this guy was bad luck for presidents. <laughs> he was an assassin magnet. <laughs> Including his dad. Fascinating. Okay, last question. What have you learned from uh, over a year of podcasting? 
Oh boy, a lot. Talking about the the art of podcasting, of like making episodes and that kind of stuff. Your your podcast is very different than mine because you don't interview people, but there's probably something you've learned. Can't really phone it in. You know, the quality matters. I'm actually thinking, I, I've been debating it for a while, doing a, a, a small format change where once a week I would bring in a guest, but it wouldn't be for an interview. Have you ever seen Pardon the Interruption on ESPN? No. It's this uh, short format thing where there are two hosts and they just quickly go through all the sports stories of the day. It's like, LeBron James does this. Boom. They talk about it for five minutes and they just have a list on the side and they just five minutes, they just go through it and they talk about each one. Uh, maybe less than five minutes. And to do something like that, where I just, you know, find a guest and it's like, okay, like if I had you on the show, it's like pick 10 episodes that you found interesting and we want to talk about. And then we just rapid style format, go through them and you either give your take on it or you say something about it or whatever. Um, and then we just go to the next one, next one, next one. It's almost and like this, just, this talk that we're having right now. <laughs> We've been bouncing around yeah, all over of, the I, place. <laughs> uh, I mean, we've been, th- Oh I, yeah. Uh, I should, before I leave Bitcoin, uh-huh. we talked about that. Yeah, of course. I actually got my, my podcast set up to accept Bitcoin. And I think what, since I last talked to you about it, there's finally a, uh, it's getting your podcast set up to accept Bitcoin. It's called value for value. It's done by Adam Curry. Uh, they're, they're doing this whole thing called podcasting 2.0. So they're trying to add more functionality to like RSS feeds, uh, they're creating an authoritative index that's not controlled by a big company. And then the other thing they're doing is this value for value, where people can donate Satoshis um, to a podcast. So you can either do it by Sorry, you know, uh, minutes S- you listen. Satoshis, for those who don't know, are the smallest unit of a Bitcoin. It's a it's a 100 millionth of a Bitcoin, I believe. I want to say it's about 3,000 Satoshi to the dollar right now. That's right. Depending that's on right. what the current price is, but it's in that ballpark. Um, so you can, so you could either do it live. So if they say something you like, you could, uh, give them a hundred Satoshi or whatever like that. So there had always been, since the internet started this promise of micro payments, but it never really panned out because, because the, the overhead associated with the transaction was always the problem. Right. And this is the first real thing that seems to offer, uh, frictionless, I won't say frictionless, but very low cost transactions where you can truly give money in the form of what they're the equivalent of a few cents. Um, since this, uh, so there, there were two apps where you could do it. So, so setting your podcast up is easier than actually donating on the client side. It's been harder, but there's uh, an app and I've just downloaded, I haven't set it up yet called fountain for iOS. And I think it's for Android that is trying to make it an easy experience for, uh, for people to actually, so you can hook it up to a wallet and then, uh, do donations that way. So I think there's a thousand podcasts now that are set up to do value for value. Right. And mine is, is one of them, by the way. And, and I know yours is too. And the app I know on Android, uh, one of them is called breeze B R E E Z, I believe. And which is also on iOS. Great. Um, and like you suggested, you can do it so that every, 10 minutes or whatever you listen to that podcast, you donate a tiny fraction of a penny to the host. And so presumably if everybody did that, the host could be able to earn some decent money and it wouldn't cost the listener more than a few pennies per episode. Yeah. Uh, There's all sorts of applications for it. I think once they, they work the kinks out and you know, I've, I've been kind of, uh, 
I'm, I haven't been all in on cryptocurrency and Bitcoin, but I think this usage, let's say it was just to be used online in this sort of way, where it was just the online currency. And maybe you just, you know, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll get 20 bucks worth. I'll refill my, my wallet. Uh, and you do that a couple times a year. Uh, that might be something that would be very easy for people to do. That would be a very low cost of entry. You're not talking about, cause I think th- like my mom was asking me about it. She, she sees this Bitcoin stuff on the news and, oh, it got to $50,000. And she's like, well, how can people afford these Bitcoins? Right. <laughs> you know, it's like, well, you can, you can get a fractional Bitcoin, stuff like that. But I think that scares people away. Absolutely. And if it could just be used as this sort of small transactional thing for paying for stuff online, uh, you know, where you could even maybe pay for a page view for something. Right. Because right now... If like there are certain, and I'm sure you've been to these sites where it's password protected or you got to get an account mm-hmm. and you got to go through this process of signing up and you got to sign up for a, you know, a monthly, pre- you know, you don't want to do that. Right. But if I could just throw them a couple Satoshis right. for reading this one article and it was seamless and I could just hit one button and do it, I'd do that. I think a lot of people would. Uh, there are some articles that would be worth 50 cents uh, for me to, to read. So, yeah, I think there's a lot of work that needs to be done in it, but I think that's a, that's a realistic thing. And they also created a thing called PodPing, which is one of the first – everyone's always talking, oh, the blockchain, it's going to revolutionize everything. Uh, this is the first thing I've seen that's actually real and practical where it's using the blockchain to do notifications of podcast updates. So when your podcast gets updated, it gets sent out uh, via PodPing to the, the – this blockchain system that they're using and it can, everyone can be notified within one minute. Mm. So it's a really slick way of doing it. The problem is a lot of big companies haven't adopted it yet, but it's a, it really makes a lot of sense. And uh, they're, they're doing a lot of uh, cool stuff as far as bringing podcasting forward and, and just doing stuff like expanding RSS as well, like putting in new tags. They've done a system where you can like right now with an MP3 file, you can embed images but you have to do it in the file, and it makes the file real big. They've created a system where you can do it cloud-based, where within the feed it just says, okay, at the 1 minute 90 or 52 second mark, this image appears. And I think Podcast Addict has, has adopted that. They're working on things like a transcript tag where you can actually then have the transcript for the show embedded with the show itself, not just on a web page somewhere. Interesting. Yeah, I hadn't heard about that at all. By the way, a lot of the listeners, they know that you and I know each other for many years. And I did learn something about you just recently that I never knew, which is you are a night owl. I am now, yeah. Um, (laughs) You're like, you told me you're going to bed at like 5 o'clock in the morning. (laughs) I've always had a problem whenever I I was traveling. If I stay one place in a particularly long time, I always end up staying up later, 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 later. I remember I was in Taipei once and I was like going to bed at like 5 a.m., and that's basically what I'm doing now because I would always stay up until I, cause I have to get the show out every day. And so if it means staying up till five or four in the morning to get it done, that's what, that's do. what I do. Right. And so, yeah, I, I got up, I got up at like uh, one in the afternoon Wow! and that's, I, I'm not proud of it. But that's There's kind of, to be ashamed what, of There's nothing to be ashamed of. Sometimes yeah, people who get up early are so self-righteous about like getting up early as if it's more virtuous than somebody who stays until five o'clock. I don't, you know, it's, there's 24 hours a day. What matters is what you do during those 24 hours. But the other thing is when you stay up really late at night working, there's no one there to bother you. Right. 
Which is what the, uh, the early birds, the larks, say when they get up at four o'clock in the morning. They're like, there's no one there to bother you. So that's their yeah, perspective. Yeah. But I, I agree. Whatever, whatever, whatever are the hours that you're most productive. I did hear about this one experiment. I don't know if it's true or not. Maybe you can do an episode on it. But basically, they put human beings in, a, in rooms without any windows and then just observed them and kept them active, doing whatever they want to do. And they found out that most human beings operate on a 25-hour clock. Have you heard of this? Yeah, I've, I've heard some stuff about that. Yeah. So that, that could explain why you, when you were in Taipei, you started going to bed later and later and later. And same, you know, is that ultimately we're all operating on all of us, but a lot of us are operating on a 25 hour clock. And that's why I think people struggle to get up on Monday morning because Friday night, they stay up a little bit later. They get up a little bit later on Saturday, they get a little bit later on Sunday. And then by the time Monday comes around, they, you know, they've, it's their, their, their sleep has been encroached on. I've had some trips, especially one I remember I went to London where I was only going to be there for four days and I just didn't adjust my time. <laughs> I just woke up at noon every day, <laughs> which is a normal time I would have woken up back home. And so I never had any jet lag because I just kept my same schedule. All the right. appointments I had were in the afternoon <laughs> or the evening. So right. why not? And I've also been thinking of just like declaring sleep bankruptcy in one of these days, just, just don't go to bed at five. And just stay up the whole next day. I'll be really super tired, work on the show, and yeah. then go to bed at a, at a normal time again. And I may end up yeah, doing that you, at some you point. You can do that. You can go to bed at 6 p.m. That would work really well during the winter up there in Wisconsin because the sun goes down so early. So 6 p.m., it's dark, and you could just you could reset your clock and then get up at like 2 o'clock in the morning and then <laughs> go on from there. Gary, it's a pleasure. Thank you so much. And I will... Um, Encourage everybody to go to their podcast player and download and subscribe to your podcast, which is the Everything Everywhere Daily. Thanks for having me. And that concludes this episode of the Wander Learn podcast, where we explore travel, technology, and transformation. If you'd like to see the show notes with links to what we talked about, or if you'd like to comment on the show, or if you'd like to ask me a question, then go to wanderlearn.com and click on this episode. If you'd like to connect with me, just remember FTAPON. That's my first initial and my last name. FTAPON is the username I use on all social media. You can also get to my website by going to ftapon.com. And here's one last reason to remember FTAPON. If you like what I do and would like to get rewarded for supporting my projects, then go to patreon.com slash FTAPON. That's where you can pick up some remarkable rewards for as little as $2 a month. And now for five quick favors. Number one, subscribe to the Wander Learn podcast. Two, download it. Three, share it. Four, review it somewhere. And five, sign up for my newsletter at wanderlearn.com. Our theme music was composed by Eric Stratman. This is Francis Tapon encouraging you to wander and learn. <laughs>